Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to On My Block, a Green Bay Packer podcast. I'm your host, Amon Green, along with my good friend and teammate, Mike Wall. Man, Mike, how you doing? Hey, G, I'm doing pretty good. I think we got a lot to talk about today, man. I'm excited about our uh, – we got a lot of fan questions from the mailbox after that, what I would call horrific loss to the Jets at home. Yeah. But uh, you went yeah. to the game, man. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't there. I was there in person. And and like I mentioned before, right when I jumped in the studio today, uh, in person, looked just as interesting and, like, a punch in the face of a game from the Jets' point of view, because you know, I you know, from way uh, I know Robert Sala and what his uh, his lineage from Houston to be with Lafleur and other coaching staff he's been on, he's kind of that that straight up in your face, no bones type of coach. He keep he, he he shoots it to a player straight up, and that's how his team plays like that hardcore straight up. And he's a defensive minded coach, being with the 49ers under Kyle Shanahan before he got this head coaching job. So you see how some teams mimic their coach's attitude or who the coach is. And and I say he has displayed that behind his younger team of players are playing like he would be as a coach and or as a player himself, a defensive minded player, physical throughout the game and doing what you need to do, you know, to be, to get a win out there. And that's what that's what I saw in person um, in Lambo for yesterday. What about yourself? <clears throat> I think you just I'm glad you brought that up because I think you just hit it on the head. Like mm-hmm. when I when you see Robert Sal on the sidelines as the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers and the emotion, the passion he brings to the game. And a lot of defensive guys are like this. The way he talks to the media, the way he yep. just came out earlier this year and talked about, hey, I'm keeping receipts on everybody. And you're in the New York media, you got some balls to say that. Yep. Right. Because you're gonna get you're gonna get tore up for it. He said this yesterday after the game. I'll read it to you. Yep. I'll get into the read after this. Just keep giving the pet. This is what he told his guys at halftime. Just keep giving the Packers body blow after body blow. Keep hitting them in the mouth. We felt like if we kept taking them down to deeper water, they'll find out they can't swim. Okay, Ooh, that's a it. statement. I uh, now whether he pre-planned that statement, but you know, or whatever. Whether you know, I, I don't know. I'm telling you right now, the way that they played and this list, we talk about. We'll talk about a lot today. They yeah. got beat up front. That's why they lost the game. Yes. The way that their offensive and defensive lines imposed their will on our trench guys speaks to me, speaks directly to the identity of the team, not having our team maybe have an identity crisis. Mm -hmm. And maybe most importantly, as you just said, they're a reflection of their coach and his persona and what he stands for. And I'm not going to say that we are or aren't. I'm just saying they are a definite reflection of their coach. Right. Right. And that would be with that being said, I'll take it to our bet online sponsor of the show. Thank you. Bet online. So football is back and bet online remains your number one source for football betting. I mean, open up the there we go. Football betting needs for the season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, players, news and game trends as you continue 
as your continued source of all sports wagering info. Bet online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the first and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. And now NBA is now about to start up, Mike, coming up yes, later this week. So head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 100% Welcome bonus. As you said, Mike, that is a fantastic deal with your first deposit. So make sure you use the promo BLEAV to receive your awards and bet online where the game starts, Mike. So this game started and ended with uh, the Jets in control for the whole time. And like we already mentioned, um, the team is now the Jets team has is showing um, a reflection of their coaching I say the coach, the head coach, Robert Sala, and maybe obviously the other coaches. And basically what type of football game you're going to be faced with as a player dealing with the Jets are now uh, sitting at, I believe, what, six and one, five and one now. And uh, it's just now it's interesting for our team, the Packers, to look at, lick the wounds and be like, OK, this is a point. I thought back for you know, a second about when we had a rough patch like this. And we mm-hmm. had a rush. Which we did in 2000, 2003, right? That's exact. Boom. That's what I was going to talk about. The first month of the 03 season, we were sitting at, I don't know the stats, but I was one and say, four. I was going to say we're sitting at one and four or two and three or something like that. And I I remember for myself personally, and then between us and the old, you know, myself and then the running backs on the old line, we, it was just more of a, you know what? We just got to go to work. We just got to play these games and we can't, look at and try to point fingers anywhere else but here to ourselves and then get the get this thing right and through the playing of the games after that first month then we got scrappy then we found games we won games we needed to win and then come the end of the season which it was a shorter season obviously by one game come october come december we were in the position that we earned ourselves into by winning the games and getting out of the cellar and not getting in our heads you know, I say one thing that I, I say for sure that we did. We don't we don't we didn't listen to the news. We didn't watch the media. I don't know how today's uh, athletes are, but I would say there was a lot more that do that because social media is a bigger thing than which was during our career. So for us to focus and get back to that tight knit group of paying attention to only what we need to hear and do, it was a lot easier. So we once we did that, we got on that stretch and some games became, you know what? I don't care well how we're going to win this game. Well, we're going to win this game because we know right. we where we wanted to go. It was like that that type of mindset when we got uh, at the end. Of, I say midway of that 03 season. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think one thing that is uh, particularly difficult. I've, so we've both been on different franchises outside of Green Bay, right? I think yep. we were very lucky in Green Bay, starting with our head coach being a, like Mike Sherman was like he was basically a lawyer right i mean he's extremely intelligent you know picks his words very you know chooses his words words very carefully but you're on other and his staff was very competent right and i don't know we could say you know this coach is better than that coach but the staff was very competent Mm -hmm. now one thing that is showing up now i think in the last couple games is they don't have like there's some obvious problems that they don't seem to find answers to Mm -hmm. and this is one of those weeks in particular where you're going you know, we could just start with Aaron Jones and get him getting three or four touches in the first half. But you st- you start going, okay, this is a problem, and it's almost like you're flying in the face of obvious answers to the equation because everybody's saying it, and we're like, no, we're going to show you how smart we are. We're going to do it a different way. Or if things didn't work out immediately, we don't have conviction to our cause, and we're just going to you know turn you know you know change course. 
I think when you look at Aaron Rodgers being the leader, you know, the, the four-time MVP, the quarterback of this mm-hmm. team, he is he is in the media in, in, in his body language and everything he's doing, he's saying we need to find a solution to this problem. And he's like, mm-hmm. things need to be simplified. You know, he said last week, the run can set up the play action pass. And we go out and we're just not doing what I think a lot of people would say common sense would dictate. Yes. And I think so. And then I think now you look at it and go, I think the quarterback is actually saying the same thing. Now, Rodgers had a QBR yesterday of 16.9. He was 26 of 41 for 246 yards and a touchdown. Not a great day for him. Not a terrible nope. day for him. But you Sacked know, four what, times. So yeah, yeah. Sacked four times. Knocked down a ton of times. Pressured yep. all, all day. But the quality of looks and opportunities that he's getting is being greatly diminished by one, our ability to, to pass pro in the pocket against a penetrating defensive line that we talked about ad nauseum last week. Yep. That this was going to be an issue. And two, guys playing against guys like Sauce Gardner, a rookie who's playing like, you know, a playing true first well. round draft pick. Yes. And and PBUs, heavily heavily defended passes, guys aren't separating on routes, having to throw a lot of checkdowns. Tunyon had a big game yesterday, but it's a consequence of we're not finding what we want. Yeah. We're not we're taking we're looking for maybe shot plays because when we put balls into Dobbs' hands and Tunyon's hands, we're not getting kind of the yards after catch that we want no. necessarily. So it's 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 really perplexing, I think, for for fans, for people inside the locker room, for players. We've been yeah, in this situation. Yeah. When things it's aren't tough. working and you're kind of like, dude, if we're going to go down, like, let us fall on our own sword. Like, let us lose doing the stuff we do best. Don't make us lose by doing stuff we know we're not good at. And I think that's what's frustrating right now, at least from, I think, from a player's perspective, watching it happen to somebody else. Yeah, you know, he's talking about Aaron Jones, Aaron, you know, A.J. Dillon. You got 19 touches overall. I mean, 19 touches for rushes. And then in the in the past game, you probably added to where it's about 25 touches total for those two guys. So below what that magic number we know as 30 touches total or 30-plus touches to where the run game is established. The other team knows, okay, this is a situation where we're going to have 2-8 or 33 to move the ball and then open up the pass game later on. But that, so right now in that, in this type of game, it was more control of the other team, the Jets dictating to the offense what's going to be run because some of the, the spread formation, having Aaron, I say having AJ in a shotgun is a disadvantage to his, what his ability is because he's a big back. He doesn't gain much momentum with a four yard between distance between him and the offensive line. He needs that seven to eight yard distance where it's a green formation or put him behind a quarterback in that pistol mm-hmm. uh, formation. So it gives him six to seven yards to gain that momentum. Cause right now, That's a really a, good point, AG. Yeah. You know, if you, as a running back. And I bring that up because my, my, what I did and why I set at eight and a half sometimes or seven and a half yards is because Sylvester Crooms, Tom Rosley, when he, when I first got to green Bay, but later on taking, you know, some play to call it taken over by coach Sherman or even Mike McCarthy, when he came in, they knew, that with my top end speed and I gained momentum before I got the ball in my hand, that is going to be a problem and an easier job for y'all to block and a problem for D linemen and, and linebackers to deal with me at full speed. Cause I was mm-hmm. full speed in two steps. Once I got the handoff from Brett, from Aaron, whoever was giving me the ball in two to three steps, I was in full speed. So you give AJ Dillon a seven and a half to eight yard depth in that backfield. So when he comes downhill, for any power, for any ISOs or any traps, he's at full speed. And he weighs 250. 
Mm-hmm. He doesn't weigh 220 running with ill intent. He's running with he's running with 250 with ill intent. And that gives him a burden advantage and makes it a bigger problem for any linebacker. I don't care what backers is back there. Pro Bowl, first years, first rounders, it doesn't matter. 250 coming down, pissed off, knowing that we on a losing streak right now is a problem for any defender. So get put him in that situation. I know Matt LaFour and that staff has that, but this is what you do as a staff when you're reeling right now and they're really we go to the chalkboard, whiteboard, look at what's been working, you know, because you go back to the games of success with the run game and the pass game. It was what has been said and what has been said by Aaron, what has been said by a simplified play action pass off the run, and then you get that ball. And then you get the offense where you could then go back to those other special formations that has Aaron Jones or AJ or Allen, you know, um, Lazard in different positions that throws a defense off when they're in the shotgun and spread formations. So, so to, to paraphrase that, like when you make a 250 pound running back go lateral, he's not going to be as effective as you give him a full head of steam going downhill, which when I say it like that, you go, I think any layman can go, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that's what, right? yeah, so, exactly. And, and that's, and that's part of what I think Aaron means probably by simplify. Yep. Um, I, you know, for me, we, when we looked at the preview of this game, we said, okay, we could we should be able to capture their edges and, and run toss cracks and we're gonna run a lot we should be successful at quick traps. There are pennant we we had the capability of doing both of those things. We chose not to do them very often. We said they're penetrating defense. If we allow our guards to block their, their defensive tackles one v one, it's going to be a problem early on in the game because they're gonna penetrate on us and we don't have guys that are just road graders. It's a fact that, that's a fact of life. Royce and JRJ are not road graders. Josh Myers is not proven yet that he does a great job with a penetrating defender being able to get on their edge or, or push them back off the line of scrimmage. Right. They did that early in the game. They got penetration. We got a tackle for loss on Royce and Ilden Jenkins not being on the same page with two guys coming off the edge. Mm-hmm. We got a tackle for loss with JRJ getting beat uh, backside by, by Quentin Williams on, on his poor footwork. And basically, once that happened, it's like it's almost like – and we've been in these games, man. Yep. You're in, hey, we got we have a plan, but we didn't set the tone up front. But we didn't set the tone collectively as a group. Yep. And so what happens? They, the plan goes out the window. It's like Mike Tyson's. Everyone got a plan to get punched in the mouth, right? Yep. They get punched in the mouth, and all of a sudden the play caller and everybody starts panicking. Like, what are we going to run? Nothing's working. Nothing's working. Dude, it's the first quarter. It's zero zero. Your defense played good in this game yep. until basically the last play of the third quarter. Yep. Right. The last second and nine of the third quarter where they had a miscommunication between that. We'll talk about it mm-hmm. out. But they went to Conklin on a second and nine miscommunication on motion between uh, between uh, Razul Douglas and Jared Alexander. They left Conklin wide open in the middle for a second and nine. That ended up being the next play. They go to Brees 34 yards right. for the touchdown. Yep. Right. First play of the fourth quarter, which is a, a, a whole nother trench warfare conversation because that was awful the way they played that defense. But they played good for I mean, you give up one touchdown in. in in three quarters against an NFL team, that's a good mm-hmm. that's a good defending, that's right? A good day. So you can't you cannot if you want to have conviction in your offense. As we talked about the Giants last week, why are they winning? They have conviction. Yep, if you have. want to have conviction, you can't just go, oh, uh, JRJ got beat by Quinn, and we're done with that play, right? Or <laughs> oh, oh we miscommunicate. You know, Royce and El miscommunicate. This we're done with that play. It's either and, and to Aaron's point. If we can't do it, don't call it. Don't even have it in the playbook. But damn it, if you're going to do it, do it. Yeah. Right? Show show your team that hey, we have conviction in, in you guys. We believe in you guys. You know, 
if if you're not capable of blocking him, then we'll double team. Like we know what the problems are, and that's what I think for me was really really frustrating on this on this as a just a philosophical or a, a philosophy of, of what we're trying to do. Like, right. A, a, one of the mailbag questions, AG, was this: the Packers have an identity problem. Yes. I I leave it to you. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, the identity problem is they don't know what it is right now. You know, and that's so I agree with that statement. And as a player, you have to look within yourself if you're one, especially if you're one of the leaders and you're in a situation like this, is like, all right, what do what do we do best amongst us as players? If it's offensive thing or defensive player, and say, Okay, I remember when we got in the groove, you know, in against uh you could say the Giants or any other game in the past of this season, not looking at it last season, looking at this season and say, what worked better? What felt good doing? And so you got to bring that up with yourself and then mm-hmm. eventually talk to your coaches in that meeting because you're going to have a, a red zone meeting. You're going to have a short down, um, short yardage meeting. You're going to have a 907 meeting talking about the plays that's going to be run and be like, look, coach, you know, if the coach is open to it and they better be, I would believe they, they have to be at this time to that suggestion, that type of feedback. But I think that's so that's the issue, though, right? So I've been in those meetings and those meetings take place on Monday and Tuesday. Exactly. I mean, because, they, you know, because they're already doing their they're doing their base, their base package on Tuesday for the Wednesday meetings. Right. So mm-hmm. there, there's a there's a couple of things that are, you're talking about that I think from a fan standpoint may be perplexing. One is the timing of how all these plays come in. So like by Monday night, they're already working on the next game. So Monday and Tuesday, they're game planning. Wednesday night, they'll game plan red zone or, or short yardage goal line, right? They have, you know, they have separate days for each thing. Yeah. So if, if Aaron Rodgers, for example, wants to be involved, he's going to be involved Monday afternoon and Tuesday morning because that's when they're, they're putting the plays together. Are there other people in that building that should be involved as well? That's a question for the staff and the yeah. players to answer. Like, should, do we think Aaron Jones has enough moxie to or enough cachet to be able to go like, hey, these are the plays I want. I, may, I want you to make sure they're in the game. Yes, you and I think so. Yeah. Does Matt Lafleur and his offensive staff think so? That's I do. We question. don't obviously. Obviously, we don't know the answer to that question. I think that's what's probably right. a little bit perplexing right now. Somebody asked yeah. this question yesterday, Ag, and I thought I, it's a short answer for me, but I'll, I'll expand it if you want. Okay. They said, "Is is are we missing Getsy and, and Nathaniel Hackett?" And I go, "Well, just look at the production they're they're having in their places." My answer, my short answer is no. Lafleur called. Listen. The way that this usually works when you have an offensive coordinator or, you know, if you're your head coach is your offensive play caller, right. those guys are kind of backfilling. Stenovich and all these guys are backfilling. I think what we're missing the most is, to me personally, Stenovich should be in the offensive line room the way they're playing. Yeah. Um, so I agree with that question. No, it's not. Um, we're not missing them. It's just you got to work with one. How I look at it, work with in, was in who's in the building first. And then if Stefanovic is not with the O-line and working on the run game, I thought that was what he was doing. He needs to get back there because that is, that's where the run game and I think the run game all coincides with the pass game. And then the offense gets in a, in a rhythm a lot faster and guys get more comfortable to do that. So real quick, that we was talked a, to, interesting. We, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right, man. We, we talked about it a little bit. Um, defensively from a skill position, it, you know, they're not putting up big numbers. Um, they obviously had some. They had two really good drives at the, at, in the fourth quarter. You know the Braxton Berrios uh, play earlier in the game for the touchdown yeah. in the end around. Good play design. That was yeah, really this good is. Play design. I mean these these things happen, but let, like yep. let's not say like that the world's ending. You know right. because they but they they are for for whatever reason teams are able to run the ball against us 
I think as an aggregate over the course of the game. But what we also see and why this hasn't happened earlier in this in the season, or excuse me, in prior seasons, is because we're up. You right. don't run the ball. You don't run the ball if, if you're down points. The one thing that was interesting, AG, to me is if you're looking at the game, you know, we talked about you know, Jay Alexander's following Garrett Wilson around all day. He did mm-hmm. he, for the most part he had he had a pretty good game. But when you look at from a, a schematic standpoint and kind of tactically what we're trying to accomplish. We thought we were going to see a lot more action up front and maybe for the first two series or so we did. But really, when you look at the, the, the entirety of the game, the majority of the game, we're back where we always are two shell deep guy, mm-hmm. you know, four, four guys rushing, not a lot of action going on. And there's not a lot of like, it's like if you bring B, Quay Walker from depth in the B gap, I don't like, I, I know it's a dog. Like I know you're bringing five, but yeah. I'm kind of going like, as an offensive lineman, if you bring a guy who doesn't have good pass rush skill late when we're probably yeah. going to him anyways, and I can just, you know, as a guard, put my hand on the two eye, let the center take him and, and come off. Yeah. Nothing's really changed for me. Right. So we're, I don't think it was a, as elaborate as kind of a lot of us were hoping. Um, and certainly they didn't do a great job uh, aside, uh, you know, so Rashawn Gary kind of fell into a sack when he had yep. two guys blocking yeah. him. He yep. fell into a sack. That walked and, right into him. And then, and then 55, the rookie, I don't want to mispronounce his name because I do it every time, but he, he beat Dwayne Brown kind of on a longer hold the ball play, Mm -hmm. but really, you know, they do a good job of keep passes and quick passes and all these different misdirection things. And a couple of times they guessed, right. And we brought some pressure and maybe that scared us off Mm -hmm. because we haven't been running it, but it's, again, it's like, who are you going to be? And be I'm not saying that you just bang your head against the wall if things aren't going well in the first play. It's like you're not going to do it for the entire game. Mm-hmm. But you do have to do this for – like you got to trust that things are going to – like you put together a game plan and you make little adjustments. You don't make wholesale changes yes, you at, can't do in that. the first quarter, right? Nope. You can't fire sell a whole program like that. you got to make sure you have a play. Like you said, you got a blitz. They called it. You know, they, they, they saw the blitz or they make a big play off of it. You know what? You know, let's test to see if that was actually what they did or it just did it just happen by coincidence. I'm going to test that one more time. Then the third time, you know, if I get beat again, okay, they're actually knowing they see something that we tipping on our defensive front. You know, when we're our linebackers are creeping into the A or B gap or they're going in, they realize the movement of this player. Okay, we're in we're in you know, cover two or zone, you know, cover two zone or something like that. Okay, then we really got to make not a big it's still still it's not a big adjustment. It's just a slight adjustment just to see if they're really paying attention is the quarterback really looking or somebody in the booth or on the sidelines tipping him off to say hey this is what's coming at you this is what the play we're going to run this is why because the right side of the defense is, is is showing this so be ready for this so we'll go left since they're coming right with the pressure we're going to go left get you out of the pocket whatever we can with zach wilson or any mobile quarterback at that where that's the point of view so just make those little minor adjustments and then fill in as the game goes. And I think that's what, that's a sign of a good coach. You don't make those big, like you said, wholesale changes. You make little adjustments throughout the game because you're going to have players get hurt. Players tired. You got to rotate in a guy. You don't want it at that moment, but you know what? You have to, because your, your best player, your three technique is tired. You got to make those little fine adjustments to, to make sure you keep yourself and your, get your players at the best uh, position for them to win. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I think, one of the as uh, from a player's perspective when you change in the first halfway through the first quarter the second quarter 
when you start making kind of wholesale changes to a philosophy that you instilled on Wednesday, because look, we're not having success. We're going to do this. This is what everybody wants. This is what you guys want. This is what we're going to do. And then we go back within two quarters of the game. We go back to how it was for me that screams desperation or lack of lack of confidence. Right. right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what absolutely kills teams that are already not at the confidence level they need to be to be successful in this league. Yep. And that's why you see some of the comments you see at the end of the game. Uh-huh. You know, and that I, that's that's what's unfortunate. Uh, AG, let's do something different this week. Okay. Uh, let's combine trench warfare with this mailbag. So last night, I just went on Twitter and said, you guys have questions, AG and I will hit them next tomorrow because this was, this was kind of a tough watch. Right. So – Let's start out with a lot of – well, let's start out with this. Let's start with the running backs, okay? We talked about lack of touches. I want to hear about your philosophy on the running game after the last couple of weeks. Just just very simply, Aaron Jones is our best player on offense right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. What would you do? What would you be calling? What formation? What do you What do you want if you're Aaron Jones? Oh, if I'm Aaron Jones, I said this yesterday in the, in the stands because I was sitting with uh, uh, Juice Constant, who was a, a, the offensive line here. Um, right out a few years after you and then one of my college a college teammate or a college alumni he went to Nebraska before me and he was a strong safety slash cornerback and so I'm talking to players in the stand and yeah. the, once I saw like it was like second quarter and wasn't much going for the Packers offense and I said you know what what I see here in this situation because the ball's not moving a whole lot passing or rushing let's just get in the eye formation and run straight downhill right now because then what you do is you, you get all the attention in on the now the running backs and the offensive line. And then later on, after you run two or three plays, it naturally is going to open up with play action. I just go back. I say this going back to sim, the simplicity of football. You know, let's get in that double tight end set and then run play action, run some downhill plays, a counter here and there, maybe a power toss. And then that defense, then you have their attention because you're going to pick up with AJ, with Aaron Jones, you're going to pick up a couple first downs running those type of plays because it's just everybody's in the middle of the field. You get that scrum going and you get the running backs that can hit the gap a lot fast, you know, really fast in between Aaron and AJ. They hit it differently. And then you got guys getting to the second level. And then for old linemen, they're excited because like, oh, man, I'm getting to the second level. Now I could put my hands on these linebackers getting past there because we're, we're scooping, we're double teaming, things like that happen. Well, so that's the big thing, right? The, yeah. the, two, the double When you say downhill, two tight ends, Double, 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 double for fans is, hey, we got a double team on the right side versus their D tackle. We have a double team on the left side versus their D tackle. We're going to try to push those guys to linebackers. We got some single blocks on the tight ends. We're saying we're going to move the line of scrimmage from from here to here. And by doing that, we're going to give you, we're going to give Aaron Jones room to operate, to make that one cut, get downhill, get behind your pads, and then run through that first arm tackle, make the next guy miss, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Simpleness. Football yeah, it, it, it really is. So, yep. so let's, let's so that, would, that, would, that would be my philosophy moving forward, you know, in, in any adjustment that, that needs it in that situation like that. Quinton Williams, uh, he had two sacks, day. two mm-hmm. tackles for loss, three quarterback hits. Um, Carl Lawson, is, Carl Lawson and Jermaine Johnson, their first round pick that I, we thought we were going to pick up, by the way. Mm. He had two – I think he got two holding calls. He had a couple of pressures. I don't think he made the stat sheet as far as getting a sack or anything, but he he had a good day versus EJ. 
Um, Carl Lawson uh, was combined for he didn't get the sack, but he he caused one of the one of the sacks with uh, a good ET game on on Bakhtiari and, and uh, JRJ where I think JRJ slipped. Yeah. You look at this, and one of the questions that we got is like, why is the line blowing so many stunts? And and I'll I'll just this is very very simple, okay. Right. When you are playing against penetrating defensive linemen, and, and there's two different kinds of stunts. Let's start with that. So we're yes. talking about TTs, TEs, ETs, but there's two kinds of stunts. There's two stunts that they're running in the NFL. The yeah. first one is it's almost mechanical. It's like I'm trying to pick your guy. That's so it. I'm going to like run upfield and make a hard right or left and then try to slam into the guard, for example. The other kind of stunt is the harder one to defend. It's a mesh stunt. It's basically I'm going to try to like – if I'm running a TE and I'm the defensive tackle, I'm going to try to beat the guard in the B gap, but I'm just going to make sure as I'm beating that guard, it's going to be more of a power move mm-hmm. so I can mesh and hit that tackle. And now that guard, I'm going to force him to turn his body into the B gap and that end's going to come around. It's very tough for that, that guard that to come off, okay? Yep. Those are very, very diff- – those are much more difficult to defend than just a standard robotic, I'm going to try to pick your guy TE. But either way, if you watch our guys, Myers is is very, very guilty of this. In fact, we're, a lot of people are blaming Royce for a couple of these plays that he didn't play. He had a bad game. Right. But but if at the center position, if if you don't pop and extend, punch and extend your arms, you can't pass things off. If a guy gets into your chest, he, he gets grab into your you. shoulders and turns your body, now he's moving you back. And all of a sudden, all these meshes work for the reasons I just described. You turn your body, all of a sudden, when you come off, like that penetration is too much for like Royce or the guard to come back on. Mm-hmm. Now we got beat a, a couple different ways. So the first, the first time, the tone setter when when Rogers had the the, the ball batted in the air and eight, and Aaron Jones came back and saved us. Royce, when you're playing against a two a two eye and you have basically three on two, meaning three offensive linemen have to block a two eye and a five technique, and you and you're you're checking the linebacker over the over the guard or you're checking out to the slot, in which case, yep. I, in this case, they were checking out to the slot. You have to stop. The, it's like somebody said to me yesterday, explain it like I'm a first grader. I said, okay, fine. If you're sitting in the, play, in the playground and you see your buddy right next to you getting into a fight, somebody's pushing him, and you see your buddy on your right getting into a fight, if you go to your left first, you make damn sure that guy stopped moving before you go over to your right. Exactly. Otherwise, he's going to get hurt. And that's why – it's just a very simple philosophy. You have to stop – the guy's momentum before you leave you can't just put your hand on there and he can kind of lean on your hand lean on your hand and all of a sudden you take off and josh myers is like where'd he go and all of a sudden Mm -hmm. the edge is gone right so those are and that's a very simple thing but philosophically coaches don't want to they don't want to have your guard like step down hard and commit to that guy because they don't want him to get picked and so instead of doing that it's like well, just put our hand there and you're just body presence. Well, it's like, dude, body presence doesn't help against these guys that are six foot two, no. six foot three, 300 pounds, have leverage, can yeah, easily yeah, wipe the hand off of Myers. Yeah, it doesn't make any – it's just – it's not smart football. A lot of coaches teach it. It doesn't make it right. No. There's All another right. play we have – we get we give up a sack. I think this was to, to Quinn on, uh, on a four-man side, meaning Mercedes Lewis is in, and we're blocking they, – they've got their three defensive linemen, one on Josh – one on Royce, one on uh, EJ mm-hmm. with Mercedes in. So Mercedes chips the guy down, and they basically run like a TT game where Royce's guy penetrates to his right shoulder. He doesn't put his hands on the guy. So he's, he's blocking him with his yeah. body to body. Mm-hmm. And That's a problem. Uh, Royce is setting out to his guy who runs the TT game. 
Mercedes Lewis basically chips EJ's guy down into the B gap. So Royce has two guys coming to the B gap. Now a guy's coming into the A gap. You know, yeah, it's yeah. just it's it's too much. And what we're doing is when you have a chip help, and so in that in that play, Elton Jenkins doesn't put a hand on anybody, and it's not it's it's how they've designed it. Yeah. They have Mercedes chipping this guy, but instead of stepping down and helping the three technique, they still have him setting outside for the defensive, for the yeah. defensive end. It yeah, doesn't like it just it's a it, it is a it is a detail of the sport that you have to be aware of. It goes beyond just your basic technical mastery stuff. It's like, okay, understand what the scheme is here. Understand where your help is. Help your guy inside so they don't have this problem. Mm-hmm. And these, so these are plays where we're not getting, we're getting beat, but we're not getting beat because they're better than us. We're getting beat because we're not being very smart. Right. And that's, and that, what, that's what's incredibly frustrating. Yeah. I remember uh, I could hear Sylvester Croom saying, saying that to the running back room, be a football player. Because yeah. you see a block coming, it's not your guy. Like, like for example, like you mentioned, Elgin Jenkins block. Mercedes chips him behind his responsibility. Be a football player. Hit that guy. Don't go. Don't just keep stepping out. Get down and help your teammate out now. And then because, it's, like you said, they got overwhelmed with too many people on Royce and also in the B and the A gap there. So be a football player. You know, see what you see and go and go help. Basically, but the the, the I think I think the biggest thing. Like the, we talked about mirroring the image of your coach, all this yep. stuff. Mm-hmm. These guys are aggressive. We talked about it last week. If you're going to be a penetrating deep, if you're playing against penetrating defenders, you're going to be able to pick them. You're going to be able to, you, but you have to be able to attack them. You have to attack. Like, in other words, if I'm going to run a mesh TE or ET or TT game, mm-hmm. I have to attack the attacker. I can't catch. No. And we catch on, on offense. Our offensive line is taught to catch. And that's why – and this team just figured, like, oh, you guys want to catch? We'll just bowl – like, Royce, you want to catch all game? Okay, we'll bowl rush you into the quarterback all game. Yeah, right, here we go. And that's that's how they're being taught to play. And so you have to philosophically, individually, make a decision like, okay, well, I need to change something that I'm doing and not catch players. I need to be able to punch, extend, attack, be able to lift up under their pads and get their momentum stopped. Yep. So if they're going to bull me, it's going to take a lot longer than one and a half seconds to get back to where Aaron's uncomfortable and has to start backing up. Yeah, but you pretty much got to make them work for it. <clears throat> everyone on this, everyone on this line across the board had a bad game. Yep. This, you know, this, and I think Bakhtiari probably had the best game, but you know, a lot of people today are like, should we replace, you know, another one of the questions, do we need to replace Royce Newman? Okay. Well, if you're, if we're going to be honest, like you tell me who played well. John John, <laughs> Run- John, right. Run- John John Runyon, like just because you don't have, you know, just because um, Greg Olson isn't talking about you specifically on the TV, doesn't mean that you played well, right? Like, Correct. John Runyon, and we love John Runyon Jr. on this on this show. Mm-hmm. He'll just be the first to tell you that was one of the worst games he's played. 100%. Josh Myers did not play well. Elton Jenkins had a false start and two holding calls. Yep, like he, he could have given up early early in the game. Yeah, he he could have given up a couple sacks this game. I mean, it just. It's not good in the run game. Miscommunication on the on the tackle for loss we talked about early in the game. Like it's just not going very well, right? And it's because their team and this, you know, the Jets, the Titans, and you know, when we were playing, some teams are just dogs, man. They just yeah. play hard. This team just plays harder than we do, yeah. right yeah. now. As of as of yesterday, they play harder than we do. And I think yeah. you you of all people, that must make you sick to your stomach. Oh yeah. Yeah, because um, it's all about effort in my book. I say just I don't care how talented you are, what your size is, but just give me effort at, at the end of the day, you know, in, in, in any situation. And then I, I can work with that. 
I could work with the effort. Go from there. So what we got AG, here next? Let me ask you this, man. A guy asked this question, and basically yeah. they were talking about offensive line, but let's just make this a bigger question. They were saying, right. hey, what, you know, do we need to be uh, – uh, the question was, do we need to uh, – is it a good idea to draft tackles, turn them into guards? Okay, and I think the short answer is generally yes, unless they're basketball players, then no. Right. Um, but then they said, do we do we need athletes? or Like, are we missing athletes or football players on this team? Hmm. And I thought that was kind of an interesting question. That is. That is a very interesting question because I see, you know, when you say athletes to football players, athletes obviously are dynamic. They could do more than several things very, very good. Um, mm-hmm. But a football player is just one of those per- one of the people, a person that when they're in the helmet and shoulder pads, no matter what side of the ball they are, you'd be like, yeah, that's a football player. You know, if it's a running back, if it's a guard, if it's a tackle, if it's a linebacker, you're like, yeah. And I say, I would want more football players than athletes on yes. the team for that for that reason, because then a football player then has not only that football instinct, they have that football IQ. Well, instinct, IQ, same thing. They can react to certain. They know what, the one is kind of natural, one is learned, though, right? Exactly. So, yeah. Instincts is is natural, and then the IQ is learned because by watching film, breaking it down, learning how to watch film, and watching every play over and over again and then looking for the right little detail to say okay that's what happened you know my hand went here or my footwork was here my, i should have planted left instead of you know that's where you figure out that stuff so i'd rather have a lot more football players on my team than athletes yeah i agree yeah, I, I, was, I i kind of thought of it this way i think every team needs a special athlete to blow up in the top like one of the reasons that we're struggling right now is we don't get separation at the top like we want to mm-hmm. they put a they, early in the game they put dobbs in the backfield with aaron jones and they ran the they, you know, they ran him over the top and they threw, they threw Dobbs the ball like they yeah, would do like Aaron or AJ. And, I, and I'm going like, is Dobbs really the yards after catch guy that we want over Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon in the backfield? I like, it's just one of those things where to, it, it, to me, and I know they're doing it because they're trying to see how the defense is going to play it. Yeah. But just philosophically, if somebody's carrying the ball in the backfield and has to make somebody miss, I want it to be one of our running backs. I want that's a it. football player back there. And that's a specific job that he's very good at. So mm-hmm. more football players, but then the onus is on the coaching staff to understand what their limitations are. And I, I, I'm just going to beat a dead horse right now. Yeah. If you have a, if you're playing against a team that has a bunch of football players on defensive line that penetrate and you know, and anybody who's watched film on our team knows that our interior three can do a lot of things. Well, double team, Usually, I would have said, you know, I would have said they're at least average, above average, are passing off games until this week. Right. You know, yeah, they, yeah, do some with thi- that. Yep. they do some yeah. things well, but they do not single block penetrating defensive linemen well. They just don't do it. So if you know that and you have football, John Rennie Jr. is a football player. Myers yes, is not, but Myers is a work in progress. The kid's a football player. These kids are football players. They're not great athletes. Mm-hmm. But if you have that, understand like you have to adjust what you want to run to what they can run and what they're good at and you have luckily you have athletes behind them and aaron jones in particular Mm -hmm. aaron and aj that that can run whatever the hell you want what you need what you call you just got to call the stuff that like it's you're the athlete right you Mm -hmm. and the football player i don't want you know yeah no i get you but but i'm i'm a football player so right. the coach has to go, what can Mike do to make Amon's whatever? Amon can do anything. 
what can Mike do to make it work for a month? That's right. like, that's how the coach has to think. It can't just be, well, I, I want to call this play because Amon likes it, but Mike can't do it. That doesn't, that, that's what, yeah, we, you can't that's, have that. That's what we're doing. And yeah. that's why, I think that's why everyone's just really frustrated right now. Right. And I think as a player, if you, if I've been in that situation, I'm like, coach, uh, so and so can't do that. I say, and I've said that in a meeting, and that because that's me being professional. I'm like, wait a minute. I get y'all want to run this play, but I'm like, coach, so and so can't get to that block. I said, I'll be out there before he even gets out of his stance. I'm like, let's, so let's, they're like, I'm like, change. I was like, no, I like the play, but no, you can't do that. So, hey, what I've been there. One thing, <laughs> one thing that we have with that coaching staff in Green Bay <sighs> was from an offensive life standpoint, and we had, we had enough cachet to do this. We've talked yep. about it before. We would all get together and let, let's say we're running, we're running a 66, you know, T and, yeah. and, and, and we're running against the defense where they're asking me to run and chase a linebacker that's over the right guard. Ooh, you know, no. I, there was enough there, We had enough respect amongst one another and the coaching staff and the players in the room to go, Hang on, Hey man, there is no, I'm just yeah. telling you, I can't make that play. No. And they would, you know, like Beck and, and, and James Campin and, and Joe Philbin, they would go upstairs and be like, look, if you call this, Amon's going to get tackled in the backfield for a loss. Yeah. Because we cannot get to it. Now, I've been to teams. I've been on teams for multiple years. Yeah. That would look at that, and the line coach has to go, coordinator wants to run the play. We just have to eat it. They'll call the play six times in the game. There'll be six bad plays, and there'll be six minuses on our chart, like on our grade sheet. And we'll right. go, we have no respect for you. We've no. lost all respect for our line coach and our coordinator. Right. And right now, you know, when we as we talk about what happened during this game, you you have to start thinking like, okay, are we doing what's in the best interest of moving the offense forward? Which I know I know everyone's going like, oh, well, Mike, of course, they're trying to score points. But it's like, are you trying to score points using the personnel that you have, you you know, with the football players you have? Or are you yeah. just saying like our athletes are able to do this? Aaron Rodgers can make any throw so I can run any route. That's not how it works. Right. No, it doesn't work that way. You got to have guys to be able to get open and catch the ball and do a lot of other things too. So yeah, it's not that, not that we, simple. You want to switch to switch the defense real quick. Yeah, I, we sure I'm, can. From a, from a trench standpoint, man, I thought it was interesting that uh, Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary switched, switched sides a little bit more uh, again. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, so Dwayne Brown's in playing a left tackle. Dwayne Brown's yeah. been like an all pro for like, you know, six years in this league. I know he's a little bit older now, but he seems to have mm -hmm. a resurgence here with the Jets. Yep. Being up in Seattle for the last couple of years, Houston before that. Uh, that's a nice no slouch. That. I don't yeah, know. A, yeah, I was with him his rookie year in uh, yeah. in Houston. Yeah, he's oh, no yeah. slouch. I knew right away. Saw, I was you like, saw him get on a Braxton, Braxton Barrios' touchdown. Like, yes. dude can still move, right? Yes, so I thought that was interesting. Um, we didn't generate the pass rush that I, honestly I thought we would. They did a good job. They did a good job of kind of using double teams, ship blocks, everything to keep us off quick passes. Um, Preston Smith, I thought for the most part, played on their line on their side of the line of scrimmage yeah. in the run game. I thought he did a great job. You know, again, this wasn't this wasn't like a bad defensive effort until the fourth quarter. And sometimes it just it's, you just feel bad because you go like, you guys are playing your your you you're playing your asses off, and then all of a sudden we have these like little mistakes, these little details things. Like people yeah. are asking, why can't we stop the run? Well, we talked about it. Yeah. If, if if you run the go ahead, AG. No, I was gonna say it just it just go it when you say why when they ask you that question, why we can't stop the run, it just goes back to in that game in particular, being the Jets, being what Robert Sala said to his teammates or his players at that time, keep keep punching away, 
we're just chipping wood. You know, I've heard coaches say chip wood, punch away, eventually, and that knockout punch. So keep running the ball, keep picking up these little plays, five, six, five, six, five, six, and all of a sudden, boom, 33-4, 34-yard touchdown right up the middle, you know, yeah. off a of play good design. I say really good play design, but also better blocking in this discombobulation of the defense, not knowing. You're talking about if, Brees Hall's yes. inside handoff? I'm like, I'm like, huh? I'm like, how do you not react to that? No one is a, it becomes a, it was a power play that turned into a quick trap because of Brees Hall's vision to see where the cut was at. And he cut in the right spot and took it upfield. And using that step form was amazing on DeAndre uh, Campbell. And I'm like, wow, I just saw that. So it was just awareness on that defense has to be a little bit tuned up, especially in that situation, because they got to feel that the team is just hacking away to get that big play to happen. They have to be aware of that. Right, so they get, they get the punt return for a touchdown. They had the they had the end around kind of gimmick play. You go, okay, nice call, whatever. But the then this block. is the, this this is the sequence where you kind of go like, golly, man, here we go. Yep. Second and nine, right? Last play of the third quarter. They go motion across, and uh, Jair and uh, and Rasul get communication mixed up. They both stay on the Again. outside receiver. Conklin Conklin comes open in the middle. Second and nine, they get a first down. Next play, okay. Jonathan Garvin's in at, at, at right defensive end. Right. Quay Walker is is playing play side linebacker, and they stunt. Okay. Rasul Douglas comes. Is it Savage or Douglas comes hard upfield? Garvin does not penetrate the line of scrimmage at all. He just is very happy to get washed down. Doesn't try to that. penetrate. Doesn't impede any of the motion of the of the backfield. Brees Hall is literally running down right next. He he can high five all the linemen going by. He's that close. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He right? was inside handoff. Garvin doesn't penetrate. Quay Walker is is running to a spot you're supposed to scrape hard on the ass of the last player. He's outside, basically he's running outside where the safety is on his on his edge. Mm-hmm. So all guys, all guys down, and he runs outside, and there's this huge void. Brees Hall just makes a hard right and scores a touchdown. And it, it's just a detail. Maybe it's because they haven't been running a lot of stuff, right? Right. The experience Arsino, at the linebacker right. position. But we talk like these are the things that if you give teams enough, if you give NFL athletes enough chances, exactly. Like Hall, Keyword, Reece Hall, like, you know, they talked about it all day. They thought, you know, the Jets thought he was a first round draft pick. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. but you were it, the NFL teams. You give any NFL team, I don't care where they're at, you give them time, they're going to figure it out. Anyway, and that's that's huge. That, that's that's the hard thing about this is, is yeah. I don't think they, we look, we're not getting the take, we're, we're not getting the takeaways. Um, the the chair like there's only a couple of big plays in the game, right? I think it was who was who was the receiver who caught the chair route against where Savage bit Stokes both bit on the chair. It was a keep. They play actually. They did a keep pass. Gets out open. Oh, it was that, I think great, it was Corey Davis. It was Corey Davis. Yeah, Corey Davis. Yeah, so Corey Davis, eighty four, right? Yes, yeah, so eighty four. Yeah, yep. Corey, Corey Davis runs the chair. Savage bites hard. Stokes bites hard, and they end up they end up making a big play down the field. But you start looking at the game, and again, like. Yeah, sure. Eyes bad, not acceptable. I get it. They're not scoring a ton of points. You know, you take, you take, if they score 20 points on offense, we should win the game. They should score less, the Jets should score less than 20 points on Mm -hmm. offense against us. But if you allow a team to do what they want to do, because offensively, when we have all these opportunities on offense to score and we don't make hay, the game completely changes the confidence level. The sense of urgency, everything changes on both sides of the ball, and you allow these what we would say la- less than average offensive units 
look better than they are against what we think is going to be this great team. So exactly. last week I thought like the Giants, I thought the Giants made a lot of plays in that game, especially in the second half. And I guess we could say a little bit that, but it's like with the Jets, but I would say three quarters of this game, the, the defense absolutely dominated the game. And I know we're, you know, except for maybe in the turnovers. Right. But we've had, a, I don't know why we're having a hard time with that. And maybe you have a philosophy on it, but, but it's say, just the end of the, it's the end of the game. It, it becomes an issue. Yeah. It becomes an issue. And I say, you have a problem with that because you have not probably been in that situation and not, or not put in that situation in a practice setting to know how to fight out of it, you know, how to have the mental to get out of it. Knowing situations to get out of it is a talk thing. Because if you don't been if you haven't been shown that situation or you haven't been put in that situation, you won't know how to fight out of it. You'll just kind of flail and almost panic because you're like, oh my God, what what are we doing? We're down 10 at home. Um, we can't do we can't run. Uh defense is struggling a little bit. What do we do? You know, you're asking, what do we do when okay, this instead of saying this is what we're gonna do because that situation. So that's that's where that either in practice, and then obviously now they got this on film. Now on film, it's like, look, now we've been in this situation two weeks in a row where we've been down or we didn't score in a half. This is now how we're going to fight back in those situations if we find ourselves there again this season. I'm, and I'm and I'm not and I'm a, as a as a coach, I would say, hey, I'm betting to put us. I say, I'm betting we'll be in that situation again, unfortunately. But now we know we have the tools to fight back and get out of it because of mentality and experience that we've gained together in, in these two losses back to back so far. If they, if they if they take this to task, right? If they, they take to, it to task, they have to. The pudding. Yeah. If you want well, to change, said, man. if you want to change, you got to take it. You got to take this seriously. Well, well said. Right. I think this is time. I think this is time for an Amon Green. Uh, oh yeah. Play, player, ex player to players uh, talk, man. Maybe we should walk in there, knock on the door on Wednesday. I'm I'm I'm, I'm facetious, but I'm also serious. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> hey, you! I know you like this one with Robbie Anderson. But get yep. off my lawn. The first one's Robbie Anderson. He got kicked out of the Carolina game. Steve Wilkes kicks him out of the game because he's mouthing off to his wide receiver coach. On yep. you, go ahead, man. I'm like, come on. I say it's players to those those situations. As a coach, you see that all happening, regardless of the words that's been said. Mm-hmm. You got to go. I you know, go. back not too long ago, we saw uh, NFL Hall of Fame linebacker Mike Singletary. Tossed his best player on the field out of the game, which was uh, uh, Davis, uh, the tight end. I was in that game. Oh, oh were you? <laughs> I was in that game. So that's where a player, they could say all the emotion they had going at that time. I'm like, but when you're disrespecting your coach by not listening and shouting back, there is no win-win there. So it's now of the coach's decision to say, hey, excuse yourself go to the locker room, calm down, or whatever they said to get him off that field. And I saw the press conference of him after that, after that game, and he's saying, you know, I'm, I'm playing with emotion. You know, I didn't understand what he was telling me to go to my – no, what you mean? There's nothing to understand about telling you go to the locker room. Go to the locker room. That's it. There's no under – there's no, no, no rebuttaling, no feedback. I asked you as your head coach or as your – even our assistant coach, it doesn't matter. Go to the locker room. You don't talk to me. You don't – you're not in that space. So – this then teaches a lesson to any younger player on our team and then any kids watching this game, you got to respect your coaches. You can't be mad because whatever, like I said, he could be, he probably was mad he didn't get the ball or it was whatever going on for his personal game. But don't then lash out at a, at a coach. You guys are on all on the same squad there. And so for me, I'm like, yeah, go into the locker room. We'll deal with this during the week. 
don't want to you want to keep embarrassing yourself coming and doing and talking why you were emotional and why you no we could just make it a finality get to the locker room so yeah i'm, I'm on the side of the coaches because i've been down that that road before and you got to keep you got to keep a player in line because once that respect is lost it's hard for a player or uh, for a coach to get it back and even for a player to gain back that respect for a coach if a coach doesn't do situations like this you gotta you gotta um step up as a coach to do that so i respect those coaches for doing that to robbie and he's a good player he was a good player at the jets good player for carolina but that's what you got to do to send a message sometimes 100 percent. well said next one tom brady's bitch just cursing i, mean, I saw that too <laughs> cursing out his offensive line and i'm like i'm like listen He's not – we've seen Tom Brady do this before, but just because of all the stuff that's going on in his personal that's all over, you're just kind of like, dude. Yeah, it's a byproduct. Yeah, it's a byproduct. You need to stay in your lane right now. You're the best of all time. I get it. If anyone's going to bitch out their offensive – like, I, I don't think I've ever been bitched out by a – and I played bad. and We've had games where we played bad. I don't think I've ever been bitched out by a quarterback before because I think all of us would be like – well. We'll choke you right here in front of everybody. Like, you know what I mean? I was really? like, every time I see him talk to his offensive line, like, and they're saying, saying something like that, I'm like, why don't you just choke him? Like, I can't believe this is actually happening. And I'm joking a little bit, but I'm really yeah. not. Like, in the in the heat of the game, I'd be like, oh, you're not going to talk to me that way. No. I got kids too, man. What are you, what are you doing? You think I'm, I'm, I'm liking that you're getting hit? No, I'll take it personal. And so get out now. Yeah, it's interesting. That, interesting. That, that, I'll say that. that the, I, I'll skip. I'll skip the last. One. I was gonna say the Cardinals' offense, just because they they're just play, they score nine points and Kyler Murray's you know doing his frustration thing. But that's kind of yeah. more. That's kind of more makes me kind of you know look to the side and smile a little bit because I I, I kind of think that's what, I think that's who they are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'll tell you, let's get the hero of the week, man. Nick Sirianni, Eagles win that big game last night. Yeah. Nick Sirianni goes full Philadelphia and is just yelling expletives on the field when the. When Kelsey and the uh, D tackle getting yeah. into the fight, and, yeah, uh, I remember that. Yeah, he's just yelling expletives on the field after the game. He's just talking. I just, dude, this guy is like, hey, uh, you know how they is like, never let him see what you think. Like, never let him. Yeah. Uh, let, let, my dad used to always tell me, you know, never let him know what you're thinking because I would always let him know what I'm thinking. You know, your body language, your face. Right. Dude, Nick Sirianni is 100 like, you want to know what I'm thinking? I'll just tell you exactly what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So like he just makes for uh he he's just a great sideline presence, man. I just that's I love him. He's my hero of the week. Yeah. Oh man. That is yeah, I watched that game and yeah, he I mean he had it had it uh I say well earned. The Philadelphia Eagles are playing some really good football. Jalen Hurts is is doing his thing and the, everybody's kind of this in that spot in Philadelphia playing all together right now. Um they got young players, but they are on point. Darius Slay Jr. He's doing this thing in the defensive backfield, getting, I mean, what they had, three turnovers, three picks, you know, to be exact. And I think one by him, if not two, he had on his own. So I say right now, Philly, the NFC East is totally looking. I mean, even the Cowboys are still in an okay place because Dak's about to return. Um, and good job for the backup there for Dallas to do what he did. I mean, he, he going into a situation where he's winning games, but then he finally comes into a place where you know, all the – uh, the party's over, you know, he finds out in, in, in that Philly game, but still played as best he could still got still kept him competitive towards the end. You know, wasn't yeah. that, he just it was a good game. It was a great game. You know, he had a good game, but then he had a couple of turnovers because that's what professionals do. They step up and make adjustments. They, they see that could undercut this route, get the interception. So you saw 
that happen. And for him, that's a nice, good backup for Dak coming back. You know, when he gets back on the field, now Cooper Rush is somebody that that team could depend on if something else would happen to Dak falling out, you know, out of the start position with an injury or, or whatever they did, did they needed to make a, a quick change or something. Like I'm, glad, I'm, I'm glad they can stop talking, you know, is there a quarterback controversy in Dallas? Like, come on, dude. Like, Dak Prescott is a really good quarterback. Yes. You know, like, Cooper, here's what's always interesting about just football in general. Yeah. What really happened? Like, it's like, what really happened in Dallas? Cooper Rush did play well. Yeah. But what really happened in Dallas is they're like, okay, we, they have a football player, not an athlete, like to use the same metaphor. Right. Yeah. So Dak Prescott is like, I is a great athlete. He can do all these things. Like he can run, he can play. He's got a strong arm you know, he's got a good processing speed. Cooper Rush is kind of a, he's a football player. He's a lesser athlete. So what do they do? They make the coaching staff makes adjustments. Yep. And but then they go back then like, oh, we got our athlete again. It's like, well, you were winning a lot of games doing it the other way. So it'll be interesting to see <laughs> where things know, go. If, right. If they go like, man, we know we got to unleash Dak. It's like one bad play, one bad half. They'll be like, oh, we got to we got to unleash Dak. It's like, dude, you guys are winning a lot of games playing good defense, running the football and, and, and making these kind of you know short to medium uh, distance throws. It's it's going pretty well. Yeah, it's like the coaching staff sometimes have to pay attention to what works. And now you can still do what you're doing with Cooper. Just do it with Dak. Don't bring Dak in and having to do all these special plays that he can throw and he could do. Put the same game plan, just do it with Dak, and slowly build to what Dak usually does when he was playing at his top level. Build him and put him in that process to get there again. That's all you have to do. But coaches, you know, they, they want to do their own thing. We know so, that. <laughs> the, pack, the Packers are playing the Commanders next week. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll see how they adjust. I'll say, I'm just going to say this right now. The Washington Commanders, I don't, and I don't think uh, Bryce Young's back, but Jonathan Allen. Sweat, he might be a problem. Those dudes can – Jonathan Allen is probably the second-best defensive tackle in the league. Wow. So, we will, we will see what they come up with. They better get, they better get four hands on him. They will. I mean, they better, right? Yeah, between yeah. him and Sweat, yeah, it's gonna be a, it could be a big problem, kind of like a problem that they had this weekend too. So yeah, they got the Commanders in uh, FedEx Field next week at twelve o'clock kickoff. So Mike, uh, I great time as, as usual. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Amon Green Thirty, and uh, Mike, let everybody know where you can find they, they can find you. Mike Wall 68 and Twitter process to perform on Instagram. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday to do our, our Commanders preview show, the Packers versus Commanders. AG, have a great week, man. Hey, you too. Talk to you soon. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.